Hey everybody, this is Julian Lytle. Welcome to another episode of Ignorant Bliss. Um, on this episode, I'm talking to Hannibal Taboo. Um, we're chopping it up about his new projects he's about to start putting out, um, his time reviewing comic books, and just being in this game and um, some of his plans for the future. I hope you enjoy. Got some decent music drops in here. Um, I want you guys to also know that I started a second smaller, short, bite-sized version of this podcast on Bumpers. It's on iTunes as well. It's called Ignorant Bliss Quick Hit. It's where I put most of my like reviews of things. I've been lollygagging, though, but you should be able to listen to a good number of my thoughts on movies that's been out this summer. So check it out. Enjoy. My nigga got on. My nigga got all white, no socks. I nigga got that cocaine on today. That's how you feel. Turn my vocal up. That's how you feel, Emery. Turn my vocal up some more. Turn my vocal up, Guru. Turn the music up too. Super Bowl goals. My wife in the crib feeding the kids liquid gold. We in a whole different mode. The kid that used to pitch bricks can't be pigeonholed. I cooked up more chicken when the kitchen closed. Oh, we gon' reach the Billy first. I told my wife to spill you shit really work. Hum through a law, I run through them all. Poe's home, all these phonies come to a halt. All this old talk left me confused. You rather be old rich me or new you? And old niggas, I stop back in brand new life. Tupac ain't have a nose ring too. Man, that's gonna be like you. Nobody likes me, the family feels. But my stash can't fit in the Steve Harvey suit. I'm clear while I'm here, how about you? Oh, no man. Thing as a ugly <laughs> <laughs> I was out there in um, LA. Uh, low 70s, chilling, got no complaints. Uh, more, a little more work that I could probably handle, but I'm going to call that a good thing. So, you know, <laughs> keep it going. Well, that's good, that's good, that's good. Uh, thanks for reaching out, by the way. Yeah. If I if I'd have known it was you had a podcast earlier, I'd have been like, dude, we need to do this. Oh. <laughs> people's people's mamas need talking about. We know that. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, I've been doing the show for a little bit now, so okay. I'm not one. Of the, I'm not one of the uh, the big guys. I have a, I guess I have a smaller audience. Let's work on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey. You know, I do what I can. I put the show out, try to promote it. I can't yeah. force people to pay attention. Yeah, yeah we gotta work, we gotta work on that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, um, I read I read the uh, what you sent me. Uh-huh. And you know what? Let me let me. I don't usually do this too often, so introduce yourself to the final listeners of the show. Got it. Okay. Uh, my name is Hannibal Taboo. I am the winner of the 2012 Top Cow Talent Hunt and wrote Artifacts 35 for Top Cow Image Comics. I write a weekly column called The Buy Pile on Combo Resources, which I've been publishing since 2006. Uh, every week I review between 50 and 80 comic books. And I uh, am currently working on a new book called Rational Numbers for Wonderman Comics. I am doing two web comics a week, uh, Men Through uh, the Anger of Angels on Mondays and uh, Project Wildfire Street Justice on Wednesdays. 
and I'm also going to, oh, I've also written source books for Aspen Comics, uh, Watson and Holmes for New Paradigm, uh, New Money for Canon Comics, and a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm probably forgetting. Man, you out there. You working. Like I said, I'm trying to get up, I'm trying to be like, like Julian, I'm trying to get it like that. <laughs> I'm glad I got such a great image out there in these streets. Yes, um, sir. In these tweets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, this new thing, I'm guessing you're working on this coming out this summer. What, what's it? What's this called? Man, this joint is crazy. It's called Irrational Numbers. Uh, so, it, it, it's a vampire story, but it's an alternative fiction story. And it's, I mean, so it starts 2,500 years ago in ancient Greece and goes right up to like 1992 in Romania. And like, it's people dying all over the place and stuff. I mean, it's, it's bananas. Every, every, every page I turn in, he's like, I can't believe you did this. I'm like, well, I, I just, I can't believe you paid for it. So here we go. <laughs> I'm having a blast with this book. I'm working with this cat, Giancarlo Caracuzzo, who's an Italian artist who's done uh, Batman 66. He also did uh, Cable, uh, World, World War Mob, and uh, some other books like that. So he's really, really good. Okay. That sounds like you got some good talent for it. Just, um... Is this being independently published, or? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's uh, coming out from a small publisher uh, here based in L.A. called Wonderman Comics, and they do a lot more stuff internationally, but it's a funny story. About two years ago, I was on a panel at WonderCon, and this dude was just sitting in the audience, and I was, you know, doing my regular blah, 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 like I normally do. Mm-hmm. And about a week after WonderCon, I get this email. Hey, I my name's Nate Wonderman. I saw you on a panel in, at WonderCon, and I want to... See if you'd be interested in writing some books for me. I'm like, you mean for money? He said, yeah. I'm like, heck yeah. It's a check right to the air night. <laughs> and we've got a fantastic working relationship together. Uh, he's open to suggestion, but he's really clear on the things he's looking for. And uh, we're going to be putting out six books this year. And we just signed the artist for the next four-issue miniseries we're going to be doing, which will be out next year. Oh, Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So, um, did he come up with this this, this vampires alternative history fiction story, um, or is this is this all you? He had the seed of the idea when he when he when he brought it to me. His basic idea was that the uh, ancient Greek philosopher Pythagoras had an apprentice, and this apprentice and he got into a whole bunch of complicated stuff. And that that would lead to essentially vampires and a war with vampires going throughout the centuries. That's literally all he had. So Giancarlo had drawn four character sketches, two male and two female, but they didn't know who the female characters were. They didn't, they didn't have any idea, you know, what they were about or what their stories were. So I looked at those character sketches and I extrapolated stories from each of them and made them, you know, kind of bounce off each other to a way where it would make... Uh, a larger, you know, tapestry of, of storytelling that you know I could run with. Oh, okay. And so, how long is this, how long is this book going to be? It's a six-issue miniseries. The first issue is a fifty-two-page, oversized, like a uh, European album-style book, like those big Mobius books yes. or something, right? So it's one of those. And then each, uh, the, and that's called it's one volume called Irrational Numbers Edition. And then there's five issues that are like regular comic book issues that come out called Irrational Number Subtraction. And that talks about everything that happens after this, you know, 
in, essentially vampires are invented in the first book and then everything goes to heck in the subsequent five. Okay. Uh, anybody else on this team or is it is it is the uh, artist doing awesome. all the work, doing all the artwork, or is there like inker or, or colorist? And yeah, he he works uh, mostly with people in his family. So in the same way that you know you used to hear that Ed Benes had like his whole family set up in the studio, mm-hmm. Giancarlo has his, I believe it's his daughter Flavio working on. Color. Is she doing inks or? Yeah, she's doing inks, and then we have letters. And production work done by this American lady named Josephine Roberts, who's super cool. Uh, and I think Giancarlo has somebody else there, like in Italy, doing the colors, but I can't remember who it is. So, you know, they, yeah, it's, it's like a whole little studio sitting in this house in Italy, cranking out these awesome pages all the time. And then it comes over to Josephine for finishing. Oh man, that sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this comes out in July, you said, right? That's what you told me. Yes, sir. Yeah, and that, the good thing for me, because I've already got like three issues of this thing sitting on my iPad. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm able to read through Ooh, it already. that's so, going ahead. That's what's yep. So I don't have to worry about it. You know, I know when <coughs> July hits, we're going to practically have like four issues done by then. Or it's hmm. May now. Yeah, so we'll probably have like four, close to four issues done by then. And yeah, there's not going to be any delays. It's going to get to market. And it's going to be real, real hot. I'm very excited about this book. Oh man! So I'm guessing, how will people be able to get this book? Like in terms of, you know, the whole deal with comics now. People are going to try to guilt trip you in the ordering from previews to go to your store. Blah blah yeah, blah, blah, blah blah blah. But I'm guessing, is it going to be in previews and other forms of my comics? Oh, the publisher, the publisher, he's got uh, the, the business model he works on is very different than a traditional comics publisher. So you'll find him on Amazon and Comixology and Nook and all that, like, you know, the digital places to get. But most of his physical sales actually end up happening in Europe, which is why he was going for this completely different type of aesthetic with the book. Okay. Uh, so, like, when you get this first 52-page book, you know, it, it, it's heavy. You know, it's like a thing. Yeah. So, uh, and that's not something that most American audiences are used to. He's... I, when I first told him, I'm like, well, I can help you get the diamond solicitation. He's like, I'm not doing diamond solicitation. I'm like, you're not? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people will be able to get the book either physically or digitally, you know, brought straight to their house. Uh, and, and that'll be all the issues and hopefully the ultimate uh, absolute collected edition that he'll probably do. But, yeah, and he, he's, for some reason, he's just, like, not really feeling the whole diamond thing and is part of a community that's traditionally been underserved by but. <clears throat> By Diamond, I got a lot of respect for that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. That he's attacking it, trying to completely different, trying yeah, to attack is. with it with his American release of this book. Because I'm not the biggest Diamond Diamond fan myself. That part, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure enough not the biggest fan of when I see people get on the whole. I, I know what they're trying to do, but I don't want to be guilted into using a system I don't rock with. Mm-hmm. What does Sting say? There's a deeper world in this tugging at your hand. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. This sounds pretty exciting. I'm guessing just around the time that it's coming out, uh, you'll have something to show. Or I wouldn't just say show. I guess you're going to try to do something in San Diego promote this yep. book because that's, that's that's San Diego season right there. That's that's what's yes, happening. The the plan is 
Because, like, I, I, I've already, like I said, I've already got whole issues sitting here. So I'm waiting to, for the publisher to tell me how much I can show. I normally do a big panel uh, with uh, the Antidote Trust, which is this independent comics collective. We normally do a big panel in San Diego. So I've already shown four, the first four pages of the book on my website and in my newsletter. So I'll probably be able to drop a few more pages that week as an exclusive. Just as, uh, I'm... I don't know. I, I know some people that, you know, I'll either do it in the panel or I'll ask Richard Bleeding Cool if he wants to do something with it and uh, just put that out that way so people can get a look at it uh, when it's right there, when it's like, oh, you can go get this right now. Let's go do this. Oh, let's see. That sounds cool. That sounds good. That sounds good. So, um, to, do, to go back a little bit, you've been reviewing comics for a very, very, very long time. You just don't Very know. long. Since 2003 <laughs> to start, but 2006 is CBR, yeah. Yeah, that's a long time to have a, a column, especially with some of the changes that recently happened with CBR. Like, in terms of the way <laughs> they changed their site. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. And, um... Like, how, how... How is that being that you've been reviewing comics so long in the terms of shifts that have happened in this 11 year span like 2006 comics is literally like a completely different universe yeah than 2017 comics like a lot has happened like DC was up you know it was popping and then like Marvel came back and people were selling and then like things didn't happen and diversity battles didn't happen and people mm -hmm. were in their mouths and <laughs> Uh, people are juking stats in the, in, in the diamond order <laughs> you know that must be something you just see relaunches reboots fake relaunches fake reboots new players in the game now we got the Valiant popping over here we got Lion Force about to attack from the side over there you mm -hmm. know the indie market you know Fantagraphics did a kickstarter one year because they couldn't pay their bills and you know, <laughs> I'm just saying like a lot has happened Within this time. It's a call bustle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've well, seen a lot. I, I've seen more than I probably wanted to see. <laughs> to be really be real about it. Um, I started out doing, and it's funny because, and whenever I tell people the story, nobody believes it, but it's all true. Um, I started reviewing, because I, I, I worked for Rap Pages and Vibe and The Source, reviewing hip-hop and I work. I read books for Sci-Fi Universe. I've been doing entertainment reviews, you know, since the early '90s. So, okay, I was uh, I was working at this company called uh, Next Planet Over, which was a website for comics and whatnot. And we had just hired this dude to be the editor, a guy named Eric Stevenson, who now, as you <laughs> know, is the big dude at, at Image Comics. Yeah. So Eric's like, we really need some content for this. You think you could pound out some reviews? I'm like. Uh, I guess I could mess with you on some reviews. I, I guess that's cool. So I started doing reviews on the site. And then this was in around 2000. So, of course, the dot-coms went, and everything mm -hmm. went all screwy. And Eric said, you know, he wanted to keep doing reviews and stuff. So he started a little site uh, with myself and this dude, Alan Huey, uh, who also worked at Next Planet Over, and we called Spinner Rack. And we cranked our reviews for a little under a year, but... I was still feeling it. I still wanted to do it. So I kept doing it on my own. Uh, first posting, and this really dates me, back to news groups. I would post my reviews on news groups. And people were like, you know, Rec Arts Comics Misc and Rec Arts Comics DC Comics and stuff. And I would post them out there and people were like, yo, yo, yo. 
And then I got picked up by this cat uh, who worked at a site called Underground Online. And they were like, yo, would you like to bring your reviews to our site? We'll pay you. I'm like, you had me to pay me. So, <laughs> I went over there and I, I was there for, I think, about a year and a half, two years before he got picked by MTV Online. He went off and did something else. And the new editor didn't get along so well. I had already been working at Combo Resources on this other thing. And Jonah was like, yo, why don't you just come over here? We'll pay you this much more. I'm like, you had me to pay me. So. <laughs> That's since 2006 with the Bipal, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I follow uh, I follow the philosopher Sean Carter. I'm not a businessman; I'm a businessman. Business. So <laughs> that's what that's what's up. Um, what have been some of your high points in reviewing cars? Okay, um, I'll I'll I'll, I'll go I'll end with the good thing. So. One real interesting thing that happened a few years ago, I was uh, reviewing this comic called Pretty Deadly uh, from Image, and I thought it was real bad, but I used to go to the shop in Culver City called Comics Inc., which has now been bought by another shop called Comics Book, and the owner, he thought it was so bad that he, I said, what do you really think about it? And he tore the book up in front of me, right? Damn, that's cool. And set it in front of me. But he paid for it, so he could do that. It was his property. So I took a picture of that, that he had torn it up, and put that in my column. Man, people got so hot at me. People were so, like, first of all, they were mad at me like I, you know, they were like, oh, you're anti-woman, you're anti-this, because it was a comic with a female creative team. And I kept bringing up this link of two years before, a book called Scarlet, that the owner had done the same thing by Bendis. Mm -hmm. He had torn it up, and I took a picture of it, and put it, nobody said nothing then. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool to hate on business. It's cool. Exactly. I'm like, so it was a whole lot of drama over nothing because people were trying to ascribe all kind of motives to me that I did not have or say something about the, you know, image. Uh, uh, there was an uh, article saying the image was threatening to pull their comics out of the shop. And they're like, that's not how comics work. He pays for those books and Diamond ships them to You can't say that, oh, don't sell to him. That's not how comics work. What mm -hmm. are you talking about? So that was really crazy, and uh, I, I, truthfully, I still catch a little flack about that, but whatever. The highest point for me, though, there's a book called Super by this real small company called Unlikely Heroes, right? And it's really, really well done. I mean, the coloring, the lettering, the art, the writing is all super top-notch, right? But nobody, nobody had ever heard of it, right? And I, I think I stumbled on it by accident. And I was like, oh, my God, this book is so good. So I reviewed the first issue and put it in my uh, column, and then there's nothing of it. I get an email from these cats like two days later, like, oh, my God, you're literally the only person in comics that's reviewed our book. I can't And it's so great, you know, yada, yada, yada. They send me subsequent review copies of the next issues. It stays great. It stays hot. And I run into them at San Diego that year, right? And I'm just, you know, because whenever you see me at a convention where I'm getting paid, I'm going to be wearing a black fedora, because that's what my daddy wore, and that's what his daddy wore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll be out there, you know, just chilling, right? So I walk up to the, the counter, and I'm like, hey, is this super? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, I love this book. They're like, you do? I'm like, yeah. My name's Hannibal Taboo. These three grown men got up and hugged me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they say, you have no idea what you did for our book. You have no idea. How many people saw our book that never would have seen it otherwise? And it was like, whoa, you know. So it was a really great moment to sh shine a spotlight on, you know, people who 
the industry may not have been paying as much attention to, uh, and and that was really rewarding for me. Oh man, that sounds good. That sounds like they were really appreciative. Mm-hmm. There's a hard hustle out there trying to hustle these books out there. People don't man, <laughs> people don't be it's crazy. No looks, man, that part. <laughs> oh man, so um, what do you feel about about the game right now? You know, it's been an interesting uh, first quarter. We got like Marvel come out here, and you know, in some type of way, purposely is not almost saying or throwing the, the retailers under the bus saying, you know, they mm-hmm. don't want diversity no more. Mm-hmm. This, that, and third having, you know, uh, you got DC trying to counter in. It's like, yeah, you know, artists do count, so we're going to push like artists in the front. It's just, so much stuff going on, and, you know what I'm saying? Being that you're on the critical side of the bend and the creative side, mm-hmm. what are some of your feelings about the game right now? Well, my feeling about the game, I, I, I tell the story a lot uh, because I think it's funny. There's a dude named Brian Edward Hill who works at Top Cow. He's their story editor. And he, al- he also works on the TV show Ash vs. the Evil Dead. You know, he's like a Hollywood dude in yeah. like real life. So, and he's a, he's a brother, he's a fantastic dude, we, we go chop it up a lot, and he, he, we were sitting down for lunch one day, and he said, here's what's going to happen one day, one day, somebody at Disney is going to be wanting a promotion so badly that they go through the entire budget that they have, right, and as soon as they get way, 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 way down in that budget, they go see, wait a minute, we're sending books out to be distributed by somebody else? We're Disney, why would we do that? That's stupid, we have our own retail. And they're going to put a line through that, and that's going to be the end of Marvel in the direct market, and that's going to be the end of everything. Because the second Marvel goes, DC going to be like, we're not going to be standing around like, here like no suckers. We're going into WB stores. And once Marvel and DC go with their 70% of the market share, that changes the entire game. That means retailers are in a dire, dire place. And what's funny about this... Uh, uh, Brian's boss is this cat, Matt Hawkins, who is uh, the publisher of Top Cow. Mm-hmm. Love this guy. I DJ'd his wedding. He's awesome. Every time I tell the story, he's like, would you please stop telling that story? <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people have a lot invested in this direct market. Mortgages, rent payments, and kids' tuitions and stuff are all in, uh, wrapped up in this, right? Yeah. So they're desperately terrified of the day that pen comes across that, uh, that line. But business changes, you know? <laughs> business changes, and sometimes people get left behind, and sometimes people adapt. And I don't feel any glee at the idea of people that I know, and people I've worked with, and people I respect going through hard times, but it's not like I can change the nature of business, or capitalism. It is what it is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I would wager we're not we're not farther than 10 years away from it. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's something I think about sometimes, too, like, how, how would comics react to, to that, to that shift, mm-hmm. to that consolidation of, like, I, like, in certain things when I'm reading, I'm just like, why isn't DC making Cartoon Network comics, beyond the little, you know, my personal theories of reading different news and trades over the years, but... I'm like, if I was working there and I was looking at the money, like, why am I paying these guys? Like, yeah. why are we own a comic book company? Like, yeah. What are you doing? 
Like, I That's was, real talk. It was weird for me when I was looking at news from uh, Star Wars Celebration this year, and I saw IDW doing Star Wars comics. I'm like, mm-hmm. there, there, there was no freaking suit. Like, bruh, then, like, what did we? Well, they know why they bought them, but like, can't they do this? Like, besides, let us have all these characters and make billion dollar movies. Like, they can't, they can't knock this out of the park. They can't. What are, what are you, they, they useful for? They could, but the deal with that is that, you know, the budget line item is so far down that somebody's friend made a deal with somebody else and it got done and it's so far down the budget that the actual the suit that you worried about, he hit him so far. I don't know, page three. You know, <laughs> item over like page seventeen. <laughs> like, I, I ain't messing with that small money. That's not where I live. I'm over for these action figures, player. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, I don't have a lot of real, real experience with that world. I never really spent that much time in near Hollywood. I'm over here in D.C. I know mm-hmm. about these politics. <laughs> man, man, that that game is cold too. It's cold blooded <laughs> out here. It's cold blooded. It's cold blooded. I bet. But yeah. at least you got go-go music. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know what? Go-go's kind of back on the upswing right now. You know, it was in a little downfield for a bit. So you know some of these younger bands and some of you know the classic the classic bands are really you know doing some good things you know Go Go's has a nice thing with covers of uh, established songs mm-hmm. so you know there's some pretty good covers out there you know some Drake songs there's this really great uh, Go Go cover of Hello from Adele They're actually like listening okay. to more than the Adele version yeah I looked through it through the SoundCloud and I sent it to you because it's okay. it's pretty damn fantastic to me. Yeah, because I always used to say, as long as we got Chicago, we'll always have house music. As long mm-hmm. as we got DC, we'll always have go-go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's two very interesting things, because house music, house music completely, utterly blew up and changed everything. And go-go music mm-hmm. is still in this little pocket, like not escaping. It's kind of interesting to see as I learn more yeah, and more Chuck, about music. Yeah, Chuck Brown tried the best he could. You know, he, he did what he could to get it yeah. out there. yeah. He sure enough did. They put so much size about Chuck Brown up here. He got streets named after him, murals, kids. Yes, he should. Yeah, yes, he should. It's cool to see. I'm surprised. I don't know a lot of people know about Google Music outside of DC. That means you really do know your stuff. You did. You did music journalism for a while, Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, when I was in college, okay, now this, this is a story I really don't tell. Her. I was in college and this. Uh, this cat wanted us to form a rap group, right? And the DJ was from D.C., right? His name was Jeff Love. He lives in Minnesota now. Okay. And he would hate that. I'm telling this story. But he would, like, be trying to put these little go-go beats on, like, everything. And the other rapper, he was from L.A., and he was like, if you don't get that stuff out this song right now, dude, I'm going to walk out this booth, and I'm not messing with you. <laughs> but... <laughs> We had a lot of fun. We never we recorded a bunch, but we never put nothing out. Okay. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Uh, we because our first gig was a catastrophe. But yeah, and, and we just said, yeah, maybe this group thing ain't for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the early rap stories. <laughs> yep. Fifty thousand on me. I'm a walking leg. She fought with the squad. She gon' grip the stick. Came from the rats and riches. Now we got bags and bitches. Came from the rats and riches. Now we got bags and bitches. Blue cheese in my off whites. I've been drinking codeine all night. 
I'm put on on a flight yeah. Two I don't understand nothing but them dollar signs My side chick got pregnant by her main dude and I'm offended I call, she ain't pick up a text up back, bitch, you stingy Woo. I'm in all black like a ninja Chain got influenza Help. Walk in the trap house, you my Cartier's for credential Got that I'm gonna wield the beast, all of my enemies Negative energy, I could do anything I got the guillotine, off of their head Known to pull off and get head, uh Drippin' so much sauce on your bitch Look like she wet in the bed I could do more than just say it Strip club veteran head, uh, uh I am still getting this bread Bought her a burgundy bag, uh, uh Everyone look at the tag I do the digital dash, uh, uh I could do more than just brag I could back it up, uh, uh So, man, um What are your goals with, uh for like the next five years in terms of uh, writing comics? Well, um, I'm making I'm making decent money right now. And I like that. I mean, it's, a, it's side hustle money, but it's really good side hustle money. So I'm really happy with that. I would like to see where, because, you know, especially as a person of color in this country, I'm always cognizant that I got to keep the revenue streams diverse. Otherwise, you know, some, oh, oh you can't do this no, no more. You out. I don't need you. I got these other three things. So, I'm trying to keep the hustle locked down that way. So, I'd like to be making more money and more money off of more of the creator-owned stuff that I'm doing. Uh, I'm working with this cat, Quinn McGowan, out of Memphis. And he's amazing. And I'm working with... We have a creative studio together called Operative Network with us, Ray Anthony Height, uh, Robert Roach, Thaddeus Howes, Damien Gonzalez. We've got this animated thing going on. Uh, I mean, we got... A lot of stuff cracking up. I would like to see better monetized and more popular. So when I go into little Facebook groups, you know, I'll see, oh, here's another Project Wildfire post that I had nothing to do with. Or, oh, here's another Memphis post about the Egyptian superhero that I didn't post and people are talking about. Or, oh, here's some fan arts and tasks and whatever. And being able to see more properties like that, not just for myself, from, you know, seeing Trill League, seeing, you know, uh, uh, everybody come up in a way that right now they're kind of drowned out by the like Marvel DC slash image uh, uh, noise that yeah. people ain't really hearing that. I would like for a rising tide to raise all of our boats together so people can see, yo, we're not down here doing no, you know, uh, uh, crappy looking stuff. We're doing professional grade, real comics here. Yeah. And, and then, you know, we can get to not only the respect for that, but the financial rewards for that. Because honestly, that's what our kids deserve for real. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I sound like a regular host when I say stuff like that. But yeah, I like I like <laughs> I, I like that. You know. Are you an irregular host? I don't know. But I don't know, man. Good. <laughs> Usually, I just don't make those like usual statements. But you know, um, you brought up that you also do two web comics. How long have you been doing these two web comics? Okay, so uh, we came up about what was it about two years ago. Uh, we came up in our studio with a business plan. So what we do is we uh, work on something ahead of time as far as we can, and then we release it. At, like, say we're going to do a comic book. Like, last year we did this book called uh, Enter Project Torrent on Project Wildfire. And it was basically just a 44-page, two-issue story, right? But we released it one page a week, one page a week. At the end of the year, we take down all but, like, the first few pages of preview, and we sell it digitally. And then we took it up to Black Comics Arts Festival in San Francisco, 
and we're, we're going to be selling physical copies there. So that's the business model. That because you know if you out of sight for five seconds, everybody gonna forget you. Yeah. But and why well, I can't let that happen. So every week, every single week of the year, there's a, something new, something new, something new coming out from my team, and then we take it up to Black Comics Arts Festival, and hopefully in a couple years we'll be able to do it at the Schomburg too in, in New York. But um, and we'll have physical books there. We do a presentation. We sling some stuff, and then we start the whole cycle over again. So this year's Last year we did one webcomic. This year we got two. Uh, we're doing. We started Men Through the Anger of Angels, which is a seventy-two page. Wait, twenty-four times three. Whatever twenty-two to four times three is. That's how many pages. Okay. <laughs> it's a three-issue story. Okay. I, I, I was told there'd be no math, but <laughs> <laughs> and we dropped like the first twenty-some odd pages on King Day. Of that, so it's like, come on, get get in this because it's only fifty two weeks of the year, so we couldn't do seventy two pages in the whole year. So I was like, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. I had somebody else do the math because I knew I couldn't count on me, and then we put out that many pages. And this book has been done for two years, so now we're just working on monetizing stuff that we've already done. Uh, same thing with Street Justice, Wildfire Street Justice is an idea that Quinn and I came up with a year and a half ago, but we're finally putting it out putting it together and putting it so people can take a look at it and then once hopefully we build up some buzz and some interest in it with the newsletters and the weekly uh, uh, comics that when we're ready to drop it for sale in January we'll have some customers waiting hmm okay so you put it out each week you build that reading audience mm-hmm then when you get to the point where it's done you then pull off most of it Mm -hmm. Sell it all digitally, and they usually get good a good decent amount of not exact. I don't need to know exact numbers, but you get decent amount of I'm guessing some purchases digitally from that. From how you we're doing, before. we're doing better now than we were before because uh, I have a better manage. I have a better sense of how to market things because you know. Um, the thing for me, because I'm doing a lot of stuff in my spare time, I got two kids, I got a really amazing wife, I got a full-time job, you know, so this is like, like I said, side hustle money. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really able to, you know, like say, for instance, I don't have my ads up on Project Wonderful. My homeboy from Comixology like, yo, where's your book? I want to put it up here. I keep forgetting to send it to him. <laughs> so uh, there are uh, business-related things that we're not receiving the returns that we want to, but that's not, we're focused on product right now. And we're very happy with the product. We're very happy with building up a reputation. And we supplement that with what we call the George Clooney model. George Clooney was on TV once. He says, I do a movie for the studios, then I do a movie for me. I do a movie for the studios, then I do a movie for me. So me, I got a rational numbers over here. That's a paycheck. But mm -hmm. then I'm going to do Project Wildfire. I got this Aspen book over here, but then I got Mentu, and so on and so forth. So I go back and forth. So it's financially viable that the works that pay support the works that don't. Okay. Until they all pay. So they all pay well. Mm -hmm. Um. So what's um. What's your contouring like? I know you're on the West Coast. I see you post like where you're going to be at, like you know WonderCon and San Diego and yeah. like, you got the like the, the Cali cons on lock. Lockdown. Like, do, do you travel out to um other cons like um ECC or? Or like maybe C2E2 or... This year, because we're uh, a team, we're going to start being able to do that. So I know 
that our studio mate Robert Roach is going out to MechaCon, which I believe is in a couple weeks. Um, and he's going to be representing us out there with uh, books uh, for sale. And, you know, he's going to be, you know, having our, basically flying our flag and telling people what we got cracking. Um, so we're going to be doing that. And I know uh, I was talking to Corey Turnbull. He was like, dude, you got to go to New York. You got to go to New York Comic Con because you're about to make some money. I'm like, uh, so we're trying to get it together uh, so we can, you know, get something for New York in 2018. Okay. But, you know, uh, slow, slow and steady wins the race. I'm not, you know, I'm not in a real hurry for much of anything. And I'm making the books that I want to make in the way that I want to make them. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep hustling as, as best as I can. Okay. How's the, um, you have, like, a strong community out there where you're at, like, a good working community of, like, peers you can, like, bounce ideas off of? Yeah. So you hear all these stories of, like, Portland, you know, New York or Brooklyn, you know, the comic things where, you know, everybody's struggling. And, you know, I can say I visited L.A. once last summer. It was three days. Mm-hmm. I gotta say that was a, that's a nice little area. I don't know what people be talking about. Like clearly, rap music has done it well because I feel like ain't nobody ever tell no lies about how chill LA is. Yeah, yeah. I'm a <laughs> I, I'm I'm very fortunate in that you know I've got a lot of cats who are either at my level or a little bit above my level who are cool with me. So I'm able to, for example. Um, uh, like say for instance today, I, w- I got an email from one, my homeboy Brandon Easton who worked on uh, Agent Carter and he's doing the mask book at IDW and uh, you know he's done some hustling like that. So he asked me for some information about this property that he wants to pitch because he knows my brain is like, like since I'm reading 50 to 80 books a week, I'm like an encyclopedia. Yeah. So he like, yo, what do you know about this? Could you send me some stuff about this? So I sent him about 15 links. He like, dude, you the best in the whole freaking world, man. <laughs> so he gonna take that and turn that around into a pitch that he can work on. Or conversely, like when I did the Top Cow Talent Hunt, the first person I sent the script to was him. The second person I sent to was Jeffrey Thorne, who worked on Librarians and who worked on uh, Leverage and does the Mosaic book from Marvel and uh, he does a couple other things, right? Yeah. So, you know, these are people who, they like me, but they don't like me well enough to lie to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> they go, and they, they chops the top notch. You know, these are professional grade people yeah. doing comics and television for millions of people yeah. so they know what's what and if they tell me dude this is some garbage you need to come back harder or they're like dude you got that heat then i know they're telling me the truth yeah yeah that's good to have man that's good to just have to bounce people off of mm-hmm. right on the popular shows yeah that saves me a lot of drama so how do you handle um social media man in terms of promoting your stuff well, the first. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I've, I've tried to work as best I can. What I do with it is, uh, I, first of all, I like to have consistency in everything I do. So, uh, like, say for instance, a lot of people you see, oh, my Twitter name is this, but my Instagram name is this, but my no, 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 I can't do that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the same name across every platform. So, if somebody comes looking for me, it's not hard to find. That's the first thing I do. Uh, second. I used to use Hootsuite to program a lot of my stuff in advance. So, like, say for people, like, why are you up tweeting at 3 o'clock in the morning? I'm like, I'm not tweeting at 3 o'clock in the morning, fool. I, just, I put that in there three days ago. But, <laughs> but 
uh, I've, I've switched over to mostly using Instagram because when I press a one button on Instagram, it goes to Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes. And I like that consistency so I can get the same image and the same text and bomb it the way I want it to go. Um, I'm trying to get my hashtag game together, but I'm not really you know, as strong with that as I want to be right now. But uh, with consistent images, like say, for instance, You'll always see on Mondays and Wednesdays the memes that I got. For it's like, oh, here's a panel from this week's book. Here's a meme about it, and you need to go check it out. Here's the URL. You know, make sure I got the URL on everything. Make sure I, uh, what's the name? Heidi McDonald, who used to work at uh, Vertigo, she runs the Beat now. Yeah. She says, if anybody ever sees something yours that doesn't have a way to reach you on it, you've screwed up, because parts of it will get lost. The cover page will get lost. You need everything that they can see needs to have a way to reach you. And I took that advice to heart. So, I, I listen to people who know better than I know, and I do my best to really, you know, get out there and grind with you, honestly. Word, okay, alright. That's, that's, that's an interesting thing. So, like, you make sure that you have, like, the link on the image, or is it part of the post? Yeah, I put the URL on the image and on the post. Uh, mm -hmm. So, if somebody, like, reposts it, but, you know, they accidentally delete the text, I don't care. <laughs> okay, it's still gonna be there. Yeah, you know, you're not, you're not gonna be able to separate nothing and be like, oh, I can't credit. The, you better credit me. It's right there in the picture. You ain't gonna have a chance to leave me out. You know, I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna get you know my stuff sampled and, and you know it's gonna you gonna know where it's coming from. All right, I got I got another critic question for you. Mm -hmm. Out of um, how do you think? The publishers doing right now, like the Marvel, the the Marvel, the DC, the Image, the Valiant. Uh, how did you think? Uh, did you get a chance to read the uh, Catalyst Prime? Or did you think it was good? I loved that Catalyst Prime for comic book day one shot. I loved it. It was awesome. Well, I didn't get a chance um, to get it because they ran out of my, my store. But man, if I didn't know a retailer, if I didn't know a retailer who would set something aside for me, man, I'd have been screwed too. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So, yeah, that uh, I was very, I was very happy with that. But when I saw that Christopher Priest was involved, he don't get involved with no nothing booty, yeah. you know, and nothing in his whole career you can look at like, oh, he was on some BS there. That does not happen, yeah, you know. That's true. Uh, there's gonna be a higher level of craft because he's been in the game so long. And he knows so much about how to work stuff um, that you know. I knew I knew it was gonna be I knew it wasn't gonna be no problems with that. Um, so I really like that. I really like uh, the valiant stuff that I'm seeing. I, and I talked to do. I really like the plots because the storylines they come up with on Faith, on uh, 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 Quanman Woody, on uh, uh, what's the dude uh, uh, the the Time Walker Ivar Time Walker. The plots are really strong. I would like for them to have stronger character work there, but I really appreciate the the production values they put in and stuff. And like I said, I mean, Faith is really, really good. So they have a lot of good stuff going on there. As far as Marvel and DC, you know, I wouldn't have made the biggest hero in the world a Nazi at, at this time of day. I wouldn't have done that. You know, that's not the way I would have got down, but that's a decision they made for their business. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, Superman walking around, 
oh, I don't know which which history of mine is right. I don't know what's cracking up. Am I this? Am I that? Do I wear underwear on the outside or not? I don't know. I need <laughs> Superman to know these things. You know, the, but again, that's not my business. Uh, those I wouldn't have made those decisions for my business, but that's what they did. Um, I like the top cow has decided, you know what, we're a science fiction company, and we're putting out science fiction, and that's the way it's going down. So... Uh, I like that direction with them. I'm very excited to see this gold gossip thing that they just got out of crowdfunding that like blew the heck out of, the, uh, of their goal. I'm excited to see what they got cracking with that. And uh, let me run through my I'm running through my list of publishers. Oh, Action Lab. Action Lab is really a smart publisher because they put out books that can be profitable at a, a, a low. You know, the, like the overhead ain't real high. And they put them out and they brought on. Sean Fryer. Yeah, he he's that dude. He's that dude. So I, I got I'm very encouraged to see what they got cracking as well. Um what are the publishers are popping off the top of my head. Of course Aspen's they they find what's funny, about well I started working for Aspen. I asked them, I'm like, so Fathom and Soulfire in the same universe. They're like, No, they're not. And now they're like Fathom and Soulfire in the same universe. I'm like, I knew it. I knew y'all would play with my emotions. I knew it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they they got that going on, and they introducing some new titles. I'm I'm trying to see where they going with that, and truthfully, see if I can get in there with some of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of publishers are are grinding real hard, and they're realizing that the competition for dollars is rough. And with you know, you know, they a lot of the publishers are fighting over, like I said, thirty percent of the pie. Marvel and DC got 71% of the market, according to ICV2 numbers, locked up every month. Yeah. So you're fighting for that little piece of the pie with people that, you know, essentially are trying to grind like you. Either you can be real cold about it, or you can have a team mentality. And the people who have a team mentality, I see them as coming out ahead. You're, you know, Lion Forges, you're, you're uh, uh, Top Cow, people who work with people. Top Cow just uh, did their new talent hunt, uh, sure, which... Sure. And I was, I was like, so I can't enter again, right? They're like, no, you can't enter again. <laughs> so I need more belts. I, I was like, again. all right, okay, I guess somebody else can win it. I guess that's good. <laughs> but they don't have to do that, you know? That's something that where, you know, somebody's going to get paid uh, a market rate to write a book that was not writing no comic books last year, you know? Somebody brand new to the industry is going to get put on. I respect that. They mm -hmm. have to do that. And and that really is something that we have to look at as an industry for a long-term thing because that's how we build. You know, Jim Shooter was 16 when he started working in comics because they had never met him. They just saw the work. Yeah. You know? So if we're not the kind of industry where that can happen, then the industry may have some problems. Yeah, it can't be about old people all the time. Yes, sir. Not, not nothing. Against, I mean, which is not to say that I wouldn't want to see a Bob Layton book right now. Which is not to say I don't want. I'm not happy to see Christian Priest on the stand. But in the same breath, we still got to bring the new cats up. Give them a shot, right? It'd be, it'd be, yes, it'd be interesting to see you know, people get some to get some shots. Also, without having to like print their own comic book and like ground for years and going into debt. Yeah. yeah. I'll just yeah. I don't know. Do what you used to do and just look at portfolios. Well, like one funny story to me, Christopher Priest told me because I, I got a chance to interview him many years ago, 
And he said that there was this writer that had been knocking on his door for a long time, and everybody at Marvel was like, screw that guy. That guy's never right here. Screw that guy. He, he read his stuff. He's like, this guy's really smart. We should give him a shot. They were like, you can put him on your book. We're not bringing him in. So Christopher Priest hired him, and he went in, and he started writing really good comics that sold well. His name was Peter David. Hmm. He worked in the marketing department at Marvel. And he went on to write some stuff that killed the game. Killed it. But if those few people were like, nah, I'm not messing with the guy in marketing. I don't like those guys. You know, if they were right, if that kind of mentality locked in, we never would have got the Pantheon. We never would have got the Planet Hulk. We, we never, never would have got, got the, the whole bunch Hulk. of stuff. Yeah, we never got the best Hulk stories. Period. Exactly. We wouldn't got the Bond so, X Factor stories. Exactly. So I'm like, oh my God, X Factor, that, that uh, uh, therapy issue that he did. X Factor Eleven, yeah. still some of the people trying to catch up to. Yeah, it was, you know? that was that was interesting to see because I was I was a teenager when that came out. I was like, this is a weird issue. X Factor, but you know, back then you would read a comic book like three, four times because it's like, hey, it is what it is. But it's interesting to see what they were what they were doing. It was kind of interesting to see how sometimes experimental they was back in the nineties as much hate. If you mm-hmm. were in the 90s, I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Alan Moore was writing Wildcats, and that's why it was fire. Yep. Peter David was writing Hogan, We Got Future, and Perfect. Yep. There was a whole bunch of random stuff. James Robinson was writing Image Comics, and it was a lot of fire was, coming out in the 90s. I don't know. A lot. A lot. And a lot of that was coming from newer voices that had not gotten put on. Yeah. I would love to see that actually uh, see that happen more, mm-hmm. more of that. But right now there's a well, there's a real paranoia, you know. People afraid that oh, oh, I can't lose this job, or I can't lose this, or I can't lose that. Right? I remember uh, the first year Marvel uh, decided they were going to have a booth in San Diego. They decided they were going to have a hospitality suite that was a secret. Wasn't nobody supposed to get at it, right? So, I was hanging out with this dude, Chris Ryle. Uh, he's now the head of IDW, but back then he was working for Kevin Smith. And uh, he was like, we crashing at Marvel Suite. I'm like, yeah. So, <laughs> we, go, we, we go over to the Hyatt, and we're looking around. We're trying to see where people going or whatever. He's like, you know what? I got this. I'm like, you need my help? He's the, the counter. One of like, you know, check-in girls or whatever, right? He goes over there. He leans in, starts hollering at her for about five minutes. He comes back and says, it's in room such and such. I'm like, how did you do that? He's like, don't ask me how I make the sausage, man. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so we roll up to the Marvel booth. Ain't no security because nobody's supposed to know where it is. So why do you need security? We roll in. He grabs a beer. I sit on the couch. We sit there chopping up for people, right? This, uh, I'm sitting next to this really high-ranking Marvel editor who I'm, I'm not going to tell his name because I won't put him on blast. But anyway. And he's sitting there with me talking for about five. He's like, you're invited? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, is that a problem? He's like, I guess not. But look, I'm just look. It, you're not gonna be able to get in writing at Marvel until you can prove yourself in another industry. Until you can show, you know, that you got this many sales or this many fans. Woo woo. And I like, I didn't ask you for nothing. I'm just sitting on the couch. I'm, you know, I appreciate you saying no to me before I ask you for something, but I ain't ask you for nothing. So, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> That's cool. He gave you that insight without you even asking. He just assumed it's like you just might have wanted to steal their beer. <laughs> and I did. I walked out there with like nine beers and walked around, passed them out to people in San Diego. But you know, because oh, I'm the black guy 
sitting there and uh, oh, you, you, you think I want? I'm like, no, fam, I don't need nothing from you. I don't need nothing from you. So yeah, my thoughts on the industry, I'm doing all right. I don't know about them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good. That's pretty. You know, I'm gonna end it with that one right there. I, mean, <laughs> I think I think that's a pretty good way to end this in the episode. All right. Um, I appreciate you having me. Uh, you know, again, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you reached out to be on. You know, I'm 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 cool with having as many guests as possible. I like to talk to as many of the black people in the comments as I can. Okay, well, right. in that case, I got some cats that may want to holler at you. <laughs> hey, man, pass them on. I'll reach out to them to get this. We'll chop it up. All right. Hey, man, it was good talking to you. I'm going to let you um, continue with your family duties since it is early as bejeebus on the best coast. Uh. <laughs> you want to know something funny? While, while we're doing this interview, I ordered pizza to be delivered to my house for my kids. <laughs> while we were doing it. <laughs> look, at like Donald, look at you looking like the, the uh, Domino's commercial. The new fake Ferris Bueller commercial. <laughs> Life comes at you pretty fast. What you going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it, was good, uh, it was good talking to you, Hannibal. Uh, I don't know when the next time I'm going to see you in real life because I'm not going to San Diego this year. So. I'm gonna try to come to New York next year. That my yeah. my goal is to be at New York Comic Con, slanging in 2018. That's my goal. Word. You have both of the big cons on lock if you do. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the that's the real goal. Because I mean, what's the name? Coy was like he was like he was like he, he, people were making so much money, but especially the black creators there because people came to spend. And mm. it was the same at, at Black Comics Arts Festival when I, in San Francisco. Brandon Easton sat next to Brandon Thomas, and, and by the t- end of the show, both of their tables was clear. And Easton was like, I've never sold this many books in my life. You know, good for them. It makes me happy to hear. Yes, sir. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, look out ECC, because uh, Sean went up there for his mm. first time this year, and he was, he was like, this is the best I've ever done in a convention in my life. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's why we're trying, to, we're trying to expand. I know Robert wants to hit Mechacon. He's going to try to hit Ekbok. I don't know if he's going to be able to financially make both of those happen, mm-hmm. but he's going to at least do one of them. Uh, and, you know, we really try and expand our reach to get out to some of those more conventions because, you know, as much as I love San Diego and WonderCon, a lot of them people ain't there for me, and I know yeah. that. So, yeah. like I said, I got I to gotta make this money the way I got to make this money. Word, man. Keep pushing. I'm going to holler at you. I'm going to let you know when I get the episode out. I'm a little behind on episodes, but I got sick in the I'm in that 745 Hope I can't come scoop you up round 745 Slide around with my drop top up or down you down the ride Look into my eyes and told me daddy show you right 745 745 Hope I can't come scoop you up round 745 Slide around with my drop top up or down you down the ride Look me in my eyes and told me, Daddy, show you right. 745. All my life, man, I want fast cars, NASCARs. Cars. All my life, I want runway stars, Kate Moss. All my life, I want waves at my front door. Ignorant Bliss is on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, MixCloud. It's also a part of the Taylor Network of Podcasts. It is also part of Critical, the movie 
Review Network on Blog Talk Radio. Um, you can follow on Twitter, IGBL Podcast. You can follow me at Julian Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E, on all the major social networks. Um, Ignorant Bliss is on Facebook, so follow, like, and the such. Ignorant Bliss Podcast. Oh, please review the show on everything you can and share it. And the email for the show is ignorantplacepodcast at gmail.com. Always check for the show notes for links to the people that's on the show, along with uh, any other little factoids and links to how to listen to the show. And my playlist for the show. Also, the website for the show is ignorant-bliss.com. And peace. I'm in that 7:45. Hope I can't come scoop you up round 7:45. Slide round with my drop top up or down you down the right. Look into my eyes and told me, Daddy, show you right. 745, 745. Hope I can't come scoop you up round 745. Slide round.